listening, thank you for downloading and welcome to uh, Clock and Talk, episode number five, I believe. How are we, Tony? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, good, mate, good. Uh, Savvy, how are you, mate? Yeah, doing very well, thanks to Arsenal. Great stuff. Um, unfortunately, we haven't got Carl with us tonight, guys, or today. Uh, he's off doing something else, so he'll, Carl will join us again next week. Um, so we're going to go back through the last games, Europa League. We'll start there and then we'll we'll progress through what has been happening. So I want to ask Tony, because he was at the game, um, Europa League, FC Cologne, mate. What was actually, what went on at the Emirates that day? Uh, so it was weird because I got around the ground early because I had nothing to do during the day and um, uh, I got there around six for a uh, five past eight kickoff, so I was there about two hours early. And like the turnstiles are usually open, and they weren't. And there was a lot of a lot of people about. As I mean, I think Cologne they had three thousand actual official away tickets, and twenty thousand people travelled. Some with home end tickets, some with no tickets at all. Uh, some obviously hoping to buy them in and around the ground. And it, yeah, it was just weird. As I said, there were so many people about. The police were focused on that. The stewards were focusing on that. And the turnstiles weren't open. So it got to a point around half six uh, where sort of I thought this game's going to be called off because even if they opened them at half six, OK, that's only half hour late. But any later than that, you're trying to get 60,000 people into a ground, even if they've all got tickets. To do that in an hour is a is a bit of an ask. Um then it got to around, I think, about 10 past seven when it came out. Uh, it was announced at the ground first. They announced on the tannoy saying there'd be an hour delay. Mm. Um, and the, uh, obviously then that was around seven and about 10 past it was announced sort of online and whatnot. Um, it was broken in the media. Um, and yeah, so even then everyone still thought it was going to be off because that's the latest ever kickoff time in the UK, um, that 9.05. Yep. Um and obviously, we knew there was no scope for it to be um, delayed any further than that, just because of getting away from the ground. Obviously, you wouldn't be get if it was delayed even another half hour. It'd be nearly midnight by the time you got out of the ground, and then obviously the transport wouldn't be brilliant, and there'd be people stuck all around London. Mm. So everyone sort of thought it was going to be off. We was hearing it was eighty percent off. It was all down to the police. It was nothing to do with either club. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, the police. So even Wenger came out the next day and said at one point it was eighty percent off. The police were just weighing up the battle between trying to safely get 60,000 people into the ground or turning 60,000 people away and telling them there's not going to be a game. Mm. And obviously the problem that would cause, and that was literally what the police were battling through. And um, obviously they chose to go ahead with the game. i seen a, um, um, I, sorry to cut, mate, I'd seen them marching up the, uh, the FC clone fans marching up towards the Emirates uh, I presume that was early in the afternoon. Um, yeah, well, that been... was the first sign. That was the first sign. I thought there could be there could be a problem with the game going ahead because obviously there was there was a lot of them and they only had three thousand tickets, so there was always going to be overcrowding at the game. And mm. from that point, I think a few people knew that the game was going to be sort of in some form of danger or, or jeopardy of going ahead. So mm. that was the first indication. But and that's what was surprising because that was obviously going around on social media and whatnot. And the club was saying, oh, and the police were saying, oh, we didn't expect this amount of people to turn up. But they were marching through London all day. Mm. So the police had obviously been policing them all day. So where did they think they were going? Yeah, yeah. Well, the police assumed that they were just going to wait for kickoff and then go home. Right? Did they, was, there was, 
you say 3,000, there looked to be about 20,000 of them there, um, the FC clone. How many do you reckon were there? About 3,000. Yeah, it, it was around that. I mean, the figures are saying between fifteen and 20,000. Yeah. Um, there will never be an official figure because you don't know who's travelled for football, who's travelled for not, who's joined in just because they fancied a bit of a march. Mm. Um, but no, there was only they only the club allocation was three thousand tickets. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. So uh, was the um, did, and they all had tickets. There was no dramas dramas getting in or anything. No, there was loads of problem. They didn't all have tickets. A lot of them were buying Arsenal end tickets because in Germany it's not too it's not as segregated as it is here. Here it's like com- completely segregated. Like you have the Arsenal end and then you have the away end, and there's no mix and match. Uh, I've I've been to games in Europe and in France and there's a lot of uh, a lot of mixture as well. It's not so segregated. There's neutral ends, mm. and in Germany it's quite similar. So a lot of them were buying Arsenal, Arsenal end tickets, not really seeing that that was a problem. Where if you spoke to any fan that goes to games in England, they'd go, "No, you can't do that." Mm. But so I mean, in a way, I felt a bit sorry for them because they didn't really see that they were doing anything wrong because they were just doing what's normal normal in their country like to them that's how they go to football every week yeah 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 what was your take on it all yeah i think it was very strange when i heard it and then uh, we saw everything on twitter Uh, they were marching around london and uh, i think uh, we we also thought and even the broadcasters thought that the game will be called off Mm. but then they went on with the game so yeah it's good we went on with the game i even heard that uh, some of them bought tickets in black and they went to the game and I think there were lots of reports that they are doing this and they are doing that. Yeah, mm. so uh, I think Tony knows better. He was there. So yeah, yeah. Restrained. Yeah, and just on it, like uh, as a fan, I like to see uh, fans like that turn up to a game at football. It, it creates a bit of atmosphere and, and whatnot. And I heard a lot of talk on social media um, going around that maybe Arsenal fans should start you know, uh, creating a bit of atmosphere at, at the Emirates like like the FC Cologne fans did. What, was, what, do, you, uh, what do you think? I mean, Tom? you can't you can't not the atmosphere. Uh, the atmosphere was brilliant, and they were really good. But like the problem, the more to, more my problem with it is some of the blocks they took over. So they went to the two or three blocks next to where the away fans. So they were all kind of together. Mm. But one of them is a family block. So. Mm. For example, for me, it didn't matter. I don't mind blokes jumping around about me supporting their team as I'm supporting my team, and and it's not an issue. But if you're in a family block and you're taking your just a, like your ten year old daughter, you don't want three thousand opposition or any fans jumping up and down and going wild mm. when you've got your, your little kids there. So I think a lot of people have judged it on what they saw and, and said, oh, the bloke next to me was brilliant. He was in, like, the, the German or the, the away fan nearest me was was brilliant. He was getting into the game. He caused no problems. And they didn't cause problems. But it's you've got to look not only at your own situation, you've got to think of those situations that thought, oh, I'll put my kid in the family block, they'll be safe. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's a bloke with a flare next to him. Like, yeah, okay. So I think, it, I think sometimes it's more not only thinking about yourself, it's thinking about... The, the situation as a whole, which I don't think many people done. I think everyone just thought, oh, yeah, the blokes next to me are all right, and they created atmosphere, which they did. Mm-hmm. If, if it was done again, what would change, and how would they change it? Uh, well, the, I think the biggest problem was, I mean, you're never going to be able to stop people buying from touts. I think they should have better educated the 
the the German or the Colm fans on how it works in England in that the segregation is very important and isn't breached at all. And also um, the club, because a lot of them brought, because they went on um, general sale pretty much or to red members where anyone can just sign up for a red membership. Yeah. Um, I think they should have found a way of maybe saying no more. Like, So if you're already a red member before that game, then you could have brought a ticket to the game. But not letting people register for new memberships uh, between until the day after the game. So from the day the day the day the, day the game was announced mm. to the day after the game, no more new red memberships. Just explain what's uh, a, what's a red membership for those who who aren't. Uh, so you, you sign it's thirty quid for a season, and uh, you get a, a membership number, and it just means you can buy tickets before the the general public. Uh, okay, so yeah. the so season ticket holders get obviously the every every home game, and then there's silver members, which is sort of like people that have been on the red membership for like ten years. Mm. Uh, so then they get the next priority of tickets, and then and then it goes to red members. So red members are guaranteed at least three thousand tickets uh, per game, but I think there's in the hundreds of thousands amounts of red members. So obviously for like the Tottenham and the Man United games, it's very difficult. Yep. But for the games like that where it didn't sell out. There was there was probably twenty to thirty thousand available for, or maybe not that much, but probably twenty thousand available for red members. Right. Um, so what it seems has done is, is the the Cone fans that couldn't get them through Cone in the away end have registered with Arsenal, and um, so and they've just become a red member. Yeah, so they've got a red membership for the year, which they're never going to use again, like thirty quid, and then paid the face value of the ticket, which was uh, fifteen pound, I think. Yeah, uh, so then they've, they've got a ticket for £45 and obviously that you'd pay that to say oh, it's their first game in Europe for 25 years I think I, I as an Arsenal fan I would pay it like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah they've got a membership they're never going to use but if you look at the grand sum of things they've paid £45 to see their team away in Europe yep 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 okay yeah. right uh, um, let's get into the game guys and uh, thanks for touching on that on Tony because it just explains on what actually went on and what happened around for people who weren't at the ground and stuff. So um, now the lineup. There was a bit of criticism on the lineup. For me, I thought look, it was. I thought it'd be very similar to what it was. Um, what was your take on the lineup, Tony? Uh, I didn't really have much problem with it. The only, I mean, I probably, I would have started Jack definitely because he needs a minute. Um, before the game, I said I would have started Nelson, but. Having seen the atmosphere and the intensity, Colm weren't the best team, but having seen the atmosphere and the intensity, maybe it was a better game to just bring him on and give him minutes rather than start him. Mm. Um, so that's the only one. I think Jack, because Jack's used to all that. He's not a kid. He knows, like, he's played in much bigger games than that. I mean, he obviously played against Barcelona at the Emirates. So it's not, I think I would have started him because he needs the minutes more, more so than some of the others that play. But apart from that... I don't see much issue with it. I know people are moaning about Maitland-Niles at left back and he didn't do too well because it's not his position. It's not his fault. Mm. But as I said on my podcast, on my, uh, my views from the game uh, after when I was on my way back, we literally have, if we're like Nacho Monreal is now a left centre back. He's not going to play anywhere else unless in like dire situations. So we, we currently have one first team left wing back. Kolasinac isn't going to play every game. It's his first, it's his first season in the country. Mm. And the, the intensity is going to get to him at some point. So you have to try something else. And you, you never know, you could find a gem. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh. I, I have no problems with trying Maitland-Niles now. I know it didn't work, but you've got to find someone to play there because Kolasinac isn't going to play 50 games this season. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll touch on Klesenach later. Um, but, Savvy, I seen you talk, you got a bit of criticism, mate, and, and the Twitter trolls came out because you uh, put, was it, you did your ratings and uh, yeah, yeah. you gave Walcott a seven, mate. Um, what was your thoughts yeah. behind that? Yeah, I gave him seven because I think uh, uh, he got two assists. He was bad, I agree, and I mentioned that in the ratings. He was really bad, but I think some of his runs were really good and uh, his pace was troubling the opposition. And he uh, finished the game with two assists. That's why I just gave him seven. Mm, nothing, mm. nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, haters are going to hate. They're going to come out. And, and look, and we, we, we really take the um, criticism, feedback, whatever you like. I, I'm happy for, the, for it. But, but do, do me a favour and make it, Make it an active conversation. Don't come out and say he's a douchebag. How'd you how'd you give him seven? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's right. Explain why, you know. Tell us why, and uh, have a conversation with us on Twitter. So, okay. Uh, anything else you want to add on the clone game, Tony? Uh, just I'm I'm now going to be one of them idiots that abuse savvy. Um, <laughs> Like on on giving Walcott a seven, like the re- I know obviously you said that stated the reasons of two assists, and it's like for me they are not assists. I know I'm not saying yeah, he's wrong in that. saying that because that's what again he's had a shot that's been saved, a poor shot when he should have scored himself, and he's had a cross that he was crossed in one direction and it deflected back in completely the wrong direction, and obviously class match yeah. scored a volley. So I'm not I'm not saying oh you don't know what an assist is. I understand it, but like if you're gonna start like giving people good ratings because they've done that it's like someone taking centre the guy they've passed it to beating the whole team and stick it in the top corner and you go oh what an assist give him player of the year and it's like well he's actually not done anything like, I think Walcott's both the assists in brackets came from actually things that he's done wrong he got a cross block yeah. when it shouldn't have been and he missed the one on one yeah, yeah I agree with that yeah I was looking at Walcott and, and I'll be honest I, I did I did I was one that questioned the seven but look each to their own and each to their own opinion um, I, I was hoping he was going to get off because I, I thought I just from I don't know what it is with Walcott he just um, he didn't didn't look good at, but anyway um, yeah right well we got the win guys you know um, that's the main thing that counted our first half for me, was I think a few Arsenal fans were shocked when FC Klon went up one nil, and then it was you know it was almost the second half we um, we found a bit of a mojo and I tweeted on there, and I don't know what it is Tony, but Jack Wilshere come on and it just seemed to me like we looked like going somewhere in the midfields. Yeah, I think he's got he's got a natural a strange natural ability in that. Like you always uh, hear um, commentators and stuff talk about partnerships, like or link-ups, like someone's got a really good understanding with someone else. Jack seems to have a really good understanding with everyone, just instantly. Mm. Like just the way he plays, I think he because he likes to link play up. So he's not the man that's going to get the assist, but he, he kind of links everything together. Yep. So because of that, he, he he seems to sort of naturally have an understanding with everyone. Mm. Like there was a few one twos and stuff he played. I mean, he's always had a very good uh, understanding with Giroud, and there was a few one twos and stuff he played with him. But there was also players that he'd never played a, a, a match. Like he had a few nice link ups with Reese Nelson, and you think, well, yeah, they trained together, but they've never actually played a match together. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just he just seems to have that knack of because all is very similar as well. Uh, not in times of play, in terms of that they 
they seem to just be able to link up with everyone naturally. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why Jack Jack looked good because he came on and it he seemed to find everyone's runs and even these little flicks were they were intended for someone. He wasn't flicking it for the sake of for the sake of looking good. It was because there was someone to be on the end of it. Yeah, he just uh, um, it, it was it was great to see. Um, what was it last August or something since he's played for Arsenal? So it was yeah. good to see him come on with the first team. And uh, you know, I thought he, if anything, in the ratings, he probably deserved the seven. Or, I haven't got it up, savvy what you give him, but yeah. Um, yeah, my, was, my, uh, uh, yeah. my problem with Jack is <laughs> the first thing he done. The first thing Jack done was everything that is wrong with Jack Wilshere. Um, as much as I love him, he beat, he glided past the man easily, and then he, he he committed into a ball he didn't need to commit to. He didn't get injured. Um, I think we won the throw on or whatever. And what he done was actually good. But when you know that you you how he tends to get injured is by inviting in tackles, and it was literally the very first thing he done was beat a man and invited a tackle. And you just thought, Jack, think mm. about. Okay, maybe do that later in the season when you've you're steady and you've had a few games. But on your first minute back playing football for six seven months, mm-hmm. don't do that. Don't do that. Who was your man of the match, Tony? Um, it was a difficult one because I don't think anyone excelled, um, and I don't think anyone was really that poor. Mm. Uh, I can't I, I can't even remember what I said coming back from the game. Um, no, I don't know. I, I I, yeah, I I can't. I'm trying to click. Think who who would have who was the big standout in the game? Um, I remember a Wobi. I think he played. He had a good game. Um, Sabi, no, I think Colas. Yeah, I give Colasinac the man of the match because uh, after he came on, came on, uh, we uh, really went into the game and uh, definitely scored a very good goal. And uh, I think he was brilliant. He didn't put a foot wrong in the game. I gave him the man of the match. Okay. Okay. Um, well, we move on to the Chelsea game. And I'll go with... Uh, start with you, Tony. The line-up, mate. What was your thoughts on that one to start with? Um, well, I mean, we we obviously we didn't put it out on Twitter, but we spoke about it amongst us on sat, on Saturday night UK time, sort of like 12 or so hours before the game. And uh, we'd, we'd found out then that Ozil was out. And... I'd said I wouldn't be surprised if Sanchez didn't come in because he's clearly not 100% match fit and he'd played 90 sort of two days before. Mm. Um, so I didn't, to be honest, I thought he would push Ramsey forward and play El Nenny. Um But when it turned out it was Iwobi, I can't say I was the most surprised because I didn't expect, I knew Sanchez wouldn't play. Mm. So beyond that, his options were stick Giroud up top and put Lacazette in behind. But then that leaves us a bit immobile up top as much as I like Giroud. Or play a Wobi, so I think it was kind of one of two logical options, unless you move Ramsey further forward. But I think in a game like that, with you want to keep players where they used to be playing, you don't want to start giving Ramsey new roles, especially when we're trying to get him to be more disciplined. Mm. You then don't want to say, "Oh, but this, but this week you're playing further forward, and you don't need to be disciplined." I think you've got a you can't keep messing with him and giving him a different role every week. And so you're happy with the lineup? Yeah, uh, I, mean, I think I, I, I don't really rate Iwobi but yeah. I mean before the game I, I mean I don't really rate Iwobi but yeah I don't think there was much that you could criticise in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, go Savvy. Yeah I think I was a little surprised when I saw Iwobi on the team sheet I didn't expect him to start 
I thought he, either Sanchez will come in or either Jiru uh, or maybe Elneny because uh, he started the last game against Chelsea. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, whatever Wenger chose, I think he did great and I think it all worked out. So, it was a good team selection. Mm-hmm. My only, and it's only a small criticism. Um, Awobi, I thought there was, a, there was a time where Lacazette came off throughout the game. Um, and Sanchez went on. I thought, well, I think I would have liked it more, and that was my 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 problem. It wasn't really a criticism because it did work. Um, when Sanchez came on for Lacazette, I would have liked uh, Awobi to come off, Sanchez to come on, and Lacazette Sanchez just to see what happened. But that, that's my only type of little thoughts on the, on that. You 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 reckoned it was pretty good. He got it spot on, Tony. Yeah, I mean, even in, in the ground, like a few of us that were standing there talking were calling the subs, like what we thought should happen. And it was pretty much that. I think the, the thing is with Iwobi, I remember when he first broke into a team, there was an interview with the then youth team manager. Yep. And he always said that Iwobi technically wasn't the best. But what he was very good at is he was very good at pressing, not just with energy, but he, he his positioning, his understanding of where he should be positioned was always very good when he was pressing. Mm. And he was also very press resistant because he was so strong that his body, the passes he played out wouldn't be spectacular, but he would more often than not not lose the ball. Mm-hmm. So, um, and looking at and looking at that, that's exactly what happened. I think bringing him off the way he was pressing, as I said, there was no there was no times he noticeably won the ball back, but he put them under pressure and they put it out for throw on or just cleared it to to our defenders who were unchallenged. And I think Sanchez presses with energy but not intelligently. Mm. Uh, whereas it will be does it very intelligently so I think at that time if you were to make a sub and had to bring Sanchez on that Lacazette was the only the only option yeah, um, yeah. and even if you look at the statistics from the game it will be was to completed the most passes on the pitch uh, like percentage wise sorry he was 90% he was the only player over 90% mm. and again that's being very press resistant which is what we were going to because you know these bigger teams are going to rush you so if a player is getting 90 plus percent uh, pass completion yeah, it shows why, yeah. yeah, it shows why he was there because he was there to press, which he done very well. But there's no real way you can quantify that, mm. and to stop us being pressed, which obviously his past completion shows he done that very well as well. Uh, Savvy Lacazette, he was a bit of criticism come from Lacazette. Yeah. A few people said that he didn't have a great game. He struggled against Chelsea. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think he didn't struggle, but obviously he missed. A very easy chance and uh, another chance where I think he could have connected better. But I think he didn't struggle in the game. I think his link-up play and some of the passing and some of his movement was very intelligent. Some of uh, I really like uh, sometimes he he was running into the channels in this game. Uh, I think one pass uh, where Ramsey played him on, David Lewis uh, cut him off, but uh, it was a good run. And I think he had a good uh, he had a good game. Not spectacular and not very bad. It was a good game, but yeah, if he would have scored, it would have been a brilliant game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, Welbeck missed the missed that header, and oh, I was probably quick to criticise because I wanted the goal. But but look, it, it was a, it was one that he. I, I think I said I wondered whether Giroud would have got that one, but. And then in hindsight, I thought, well, Giroud probably wouldn't have even made made it to that with a pace yeah, yeah. on the ball. So, 
Um, so I really can't take that one away from Welbeck. I thought Bellerin played or play, had a pretty good game. Uh, Shaka he played yeah. he played a good game as well. But but my man of the match was was Ramsey, as I think a few of you have said. Um, yeah. In the comments on Twitter, I did ask the man of the match, and I can only put four options. So I I, I took the four that I thought um, I had a good game, and not taking anyone anything away from anybody else. But uh, a couple of people said Monreal, Mustafi, and Czech. So, uh, what was your thoughts on man of the match, Tony? I think you said Ramsey uh, in your podcast, didn't you? It was Ramsey by an absolute million miles. That's not to take anything away from anyone else because Mustafi probably had his best game in an Arsenal shirt. Um, but Ramsey was in the, like the it's one of the best individual performances from an Arsenal player in the last few years. Mm. That he just done everything right, even his decision making, such minor things where. Say they're defending in the corner, and you know him being his usual idiot self will run in and give him a foul and give him the easy way out. Mm. But he didn't. He stood him up and made him pull it out for a throw on, so we get possession back. But his numbers were great in terms of his uh, interceptions, his tackling, his, his dribbles, all of the, and his passing. All of them numbers were great. But a lot of the unnoticed stuff that doesn't get numbers, like what I've just mentioned, like. He won the ball back, but not by directly tackling, by making a very good decision and putting him in a situation where all they could do was give the ball away. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you don't get that doesn't get marked down as he's won the ball back. Mm-hmm. But all things like that were excellent. I think it was just an, a, a complete performance where everything he'd done was good. It was there was not one area of the game apart from maybe he's finished, but he was still very unlucky to hit the post. But there's not one area where you could say, "Oh, he could have or should have done that better." Mm-hmm. I mean, I know. Kante tends to struggle playing against him because he matches Kante for energy. And that's obviously Kante's main thing is that how much he gets up and down. And Ramsey is the fittest player at Arsenal by an absolute mile. Mm. And it's, it's why we tend to have quite good results against teams with Kante in because we can match that energy that he gives. And, and Ramsey's probably a better footballer. Uh, well, he is a better footballer. He's not as good defensively. So it, it, just, it just showed what Ramsey's capable of when he's, when he's head switched on and everything's going right for him. It's just trying to get that out of him every week. But yeah, in terms of man and match, it's not taking it away from anyone else. As I said, Mustafi had his best game for us. I don't really understand the check. He wasn't bad, but I mean, off the top of my head, he made two saves, one from Pedro, one from Hazard. Yeah, that's I think that's about it. Yeah. yeah, and then, yeah. so, I mean, I wouldn't say that's man. As I said, he wasn't bad by any stretch, but that's not, for me, man of the match form. But, I mean, it, there's a case for everyone. I think Hector had his best game for a while, but he's still done some stupid, stupid things like gave, giving the ball away carelessly. But he had he had one of his better games for a long time. Mm. Um, but, but, yeah, was, man in a match. I don't, I don't think there's competition, to be honest. Was anybody else nervous? Because I was very nervous when El Nenny come on. I, I just, for me, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, I just... I think it was 20 minutes to go and just some stupid decisions that he does and I don't know what it is about him. I, I really want him to succeed, but I just, uh, for me, he's, um, he's not the full player. I don't know what it is though, but he just, I was very nervous a few times, Savvy, when he come on. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think even I was nervous, but I think it was a correct correct option because we had, uh, I think, at that time, uh, Wenger thought that we have to take this point back home. So that's why I put him on. 
to mm. control the midfield a little better and i think uh, he did commit one two mistakes but otherwise he was okay mm-hmm. just to just to uh, qualify that a bit it won't be due to how much he'd been pressing was absolutely knackered uh, so pretty much had to come off and when you looked at the bench obviously Giroud and Alexis had already came on so the only option he was the only really senior player that could have yeah. came on yeah, um, okay. so yeah. I don't think it's I don't really think it was even a negative substitution I think it was it was, it was either bring him on or Maitland Niles and I, and you obviously the reaction would have been a lot worse had Maitland Niles come on so yeah true I, I yeah. think it's sort of one of them things that had to happen mm. and I'm not an any fan by any stretch of the imagination but I think it was just sort of something that had to be done yeah 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 not not much choice mm. is that actually then you just make a good point that we lack in depth there. Eh? Uh, I mean, it's difficult because we, it's difficult because obviously we're missing, um, like, so Iwobi would usually be the guy even second in choice, second in choice on the bench. Because remember, Alexis on the bench, Ozil's not in the squad, obviously, because all is long term injured. Jack's just coming back into the team. So I think it was a case of we already had two or three players out or, or the players that were on the bench were actually starting. Mm. Um, so then it look, it's not a lack of depth, it's just we happen to have a few players out in that position, which is is bringing out. I mean, if you think El Nenny and Cochlin's obviously also out. So if you think of El Nenny as probably fifth or sixth choice, for me, that's not a lack of depth because mm. I think most teams would be quite happy with someone like him as a fifth, as a fifth or sixth choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, on Welbeck, do we know the extent of his injury? Uh, nothing has been come out, but as I've always said, a scan can't take place for at least a day. So at best, the scan will be taking place now at worst, probably tomorrow. But it was happened right in front of me. Um, he was holding his groin uh, and it wasn't really a contact injury. It was like he opened up his groin. Um, so it'll be minimum a couple of weeks if it was a groin uh, strain or tear. If it was a complete tear, it'll be a lot longer. But I don't think it was because he, he walked off pretty much. But... Yeah, I think it'll be a standard sort of small muscular tear, two to three weeks, but it was his groin. Mm-hmm. A lot of people criticising or and saying uh, it just must be Arsenal fans, but poor old Ozil, he gets a he gets a rough trot. He was he wasn't in the team. It was a big game. Now the question is, should we drop Ozil for big games, Tony? I, I honestly believe the problem is more Alexis because he he. Ozil tries to fit into a system. Whether he's brilliant at that system with the tracking back is is obviously he's not brilliant at it. But then yesterday you'd say that Iwobi didn't he done his job brilliantly, but it wasn't through tracking back. He pressed early, which is and Ozil will try and fit into a system. Whereas Alexis doesn't fit into a system. Mm. He he does his own thing. And don't get me wrong, he's a brilliant player, but he he does what he wants to do. And that's the reason he came on up top yesterday. Naturally, you would say Welbeck should have gone up top and Sanchez on the left where he's strongest. But the club know he doesn't fit into the system. Mm-hmm. So they had to put him up top where the least damage can be done. Um, so I think Ozil's getting a lot of the stick because he wasn't involved at all. But I think we're a much better defensive unit without both of them. And obviously we're a much better attacking unit with both of them. Mm. But I, I would say from yesterday, the question is more, are we a better team without Alexis, to be honest? Yeah, and I know yeah. the obvious people go, oh, the obvious answer, no, he scores so many goals. But as a defensive unit, there's, there's, we're immeasurably better without him. As an attacking unit, obviously not so much. Well, well, you've type of touched on it, so we'll we'll roll with it as well. Um, Savvy, Ozil and Sanchez. Yeah. Are we are we a better team without Ozil and Sanchez? Start with Ozil first. 
I think uh, we are not a better team without Ozil because I think uh, his vision and his creativity, I think nobody can match that in our team. Uh, I think Kezola can match that. Uh, otherwise, nobody can match that. Uh, maybe Jack Wilshere, but he's he's been out since long. So, I think o- Ozil, uh, we have only few world-class players. I put Ozil in that category. So, we are definitely not a better team without Ozil. But yeah, uh, there are question marks about his defensive work rate, which are uh, which I think more is uh, due to his style of play and mostly uh, due to media. Uh, yesterday also when I was uh, after the game, even Peter Schmeichel, uh, Ozil wasn't in the team and uh, he was nowhere near the squad. And still he was saying, I am happy that Ozil was not in the squad. That's why Arsenal performed nicely. This and that. I think it is uncalled for because I think the things he does, not many people in the world can do. Mm-hmm. What about Sanchez? Uh, Sanchez, yeah, I think offensively, if we, as Tony said, offensively, if we take his uh, qualities, I think we are definitely a better team offensively. But yeah, defensively, uh, he obviously does what he wants and uh, he doesn't go according to the tactics. Definitely, and even uh, I think sometimes uh, due to his uh, uh, due to his tantrums on the field, the others peep, uh, the other players, their confidence comes down. Mm. So I think uh, that that is the main factor that uh, uh, Arsene Wenger didn't start him, and it will be started. Mm. Mm. Tony, one of the one of the papers, the headline reads: Alexis Sanchez laugh after watching. Arsenal forward Lacazette missed that goal. Um, is this just a media beat up on Sanchez, or I didn't see much in it? Um, it's a tough one because, like, you can, I mean, you can read into it if you want to, and not read into it if you don't. It's, I mean, there's no reasonable reason why he should be laughing. But it wasn't like a he was pointing and laughing, going, "Oh, look how awful these guys I'm playing with are. Oh, look at him missing that." Hmm. It was. I don't know. It was like sometimes people like I've it's horrible. I've seen people laugh at funerals just because it's their way of like obviously they're not laughing that someone's died, but it's their way of dealing with things. People have different ways of feeling things. Some people turn it into comedy, like not comedy, but they they like they laugh at something being unbelievable. Like oh, ha, what an unbelievable miss! I can't believe how bad that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I, I didn't say much in Go on. Sammy. I have to. Uh, you can look into it either way because there is, there is. You could definitely there is a school of thought saying why is he laughing at that time? No, like if you look at Giroud's reaction, who's in theory in in um in competition with Lacazette, hmm. and he 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 was he was gutted. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and there was obviously reports when we signed Lacazette that, oh, they hate each other. It's not true, but they hate each other. They're not passing to each other because uh, they see each other as rivals. And Giroud was gen- genuinely gutted when he missed that. So I think the problem is there was two polar opposites of reactions from him, from Sanchez and Giroud. And people have gone, San- uh, Giroud's is because he cares and Sanchez is because he doesn't. But I, I, I don't read into it like that, but I think that's the, the angle the press are taking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one, uh, one more thing. I think... Uh... The players, everyone who were on the bench, I think they stood up. They thought that we are going to score and they stood up to celebrate. And even Sanchez stood up. So, I think media is portraying it negatively. He wasn't laughing on Lacazette. I think he was just saying something and laughing to Ospina. Mm, So, mm. I don't think there was much in it. Yeah, okay. 
Um, hello, puppy. Uh, <laughs> okay, we've got a couple of questions from our followers. I'll uh, start with uh, Love Sharma. He's a regular, and thank, thank you for your questions, guys. It's much appreciated. Uh, Tony, playing Ramsey in the number 10 role. I, I'm not a fan because I think you lose a lot of what he gives you. In turn, obviously, I've already spoke about his energy and his drive. Um, when he can stay disciplined like he did the other day, uh, obviously, he's ideal there because he can use his energy to get forward when the time's right. Uh, whereas I think if he's a 10, he's in advance of the ball most of the time, which then leads you to lose his energy, which is one of his main assets. Um, mm. he's not, he'd, he'd score more goals as a 10, um, arguably, because sometimes his late runs are what makes his goals. But uh, he's, not, he's not the most creative. His passing's okay, but it's not like I have the needle passing where he's going to get assist after assist. Mm. So I think not only does it take away the creativity from the whole team, it also ruins what is arguably or definitely for me his best asset which is his fitness yep yep and we've touched on it a little bit savvy not playing ozil and sanchez has helped arsenal defensively organized well back in a did the dirty work yeah yeah i think i agree with that they did the dirty work and definitely they can do it better than ozil and alexis and but still i think ozil's creativity uh, is unmatched right now because we don't have uh, enough creative players. And everybody would agree to that, that Welbeck and Iwobi uh, doesn't, uh, don't give too many assists and doesn't score too many. And I think Ozil can, uh, even if he had a bad game, he can just pop up with the ball and we can just score the goal. Yeah, look, and I'll, I'll I'll just touch on that as well. It's all good to have great defence, and, and we did have a solid defence uh, yesterday's game. But you still yeah. need that drive forward, and Ozil and Sanchez, they can offer that drive forward. Um, so you've got to have the balance of the, the defence and the attack, you know, and, and Ozil and Sanchez. Yes, Sanchez does what he does on his own, but you look at other teams... <laughs> Messi for Barcelona does what he wants on his own as well. So yeah. um, they're just some of them players that are just freaks. And, and Sanchez, is, look, that goal he scored against uh, FC Cologne, it, it was, a, it was yeah. a brilliant goal. So uh, Sanchez can offer you that where a Welbeck can't, you know, or an Awobi. So yeah. I think it's a bit of a balance. Um, Tony, we did touch on can we play without... Ozil, so we'll skip past that. Uh, how do you see a game like this carry us up the ladder? Looking at our schedule, we have potential to make a move. We need to win as much as... That was by Glenn. Glenn, uh, yeah. I mean, the problem is this, it would be so typical of the Arsenal we know and love to now go and lose to West Brom at home, which won't be an easy game because of, because of their style. Um, so I think it's more about backing it up. Look, we all know we're capable of one-off performances, which are excellent or or disciplined. Or it's, it's doing it consistently, and especially in a different type of game. Because if we we can't go and play how we did yesterday at home to West Brom, because we'll draw the game nil-nil again. Mm. Like everyone knows that. So you've got to change your style of play, but still remain consistent, consistent at a high level. And if every player played as they did yesterday, as in performance-wise, but in a in the different system then yeah, we could go on a long run, but it's it's all about adapting. 
sometimes it's easier to be in the, in the teams that are sort of towards the bottom end of the league because they play the same every week. So they're used to they know they're going to be backs against the wall and whatnot. Whereas with Arsenal, uh, one week it can be sort of a bit more disciplined like it was yesterday and a bit more on the back foot. Where And you, then you know against West Brom, we're going to be all guns blazing going forward and just trying to... And their main threat's going to be set pieces. So if you defend in a completely different way from the way you did yesterday because you're not going to have the likes of a, Pe- a Pedro or a William or a Hazard running at you mm. uh, with West Brom. So it's just... I think it's it's difficult to get some consistency, but if we do, then yeah, there's no reasons why we can't win our next five games. And if we get 15 points from the next 15, coming, I think by the time we play City on the 6th of November, um, we'll be we'll be up there with them. But yeah. can we do that? Is the question. Yeah, consistency is a key, isn't it? So, um, Savvy, our, uh, this is from. Oh, Stan Cronky. <laughs> um, he's got a Twitter handle, and I, I can't say. Uh, Arsenal going to follow the Leicester model? Yeah, I think it is a tough question. I don't think so we can follow Leicester's model. I don't think so we can follow, because I think it was just one season, and there's only one club in after so many years that did that. We can't follow that, and I don't think we'll... We are going to follow that, and I know even uh, I think Ivan Gazidis said that that we can follow that that model, but I don't think so. Mm. We are going to follow mm. that model, and we shouldn't. Uh, we should because we are no. not Leicester. We are a we are a very bigger club than Leicester City. I, I think it's a it's a bit of a uh, you know the question that he mentions is the lack of like what I see in the question is the lack of transfer activity, and and only we bought in Lacazette. And can we win it on a shoestring budget, I suppose? And can we win the league, Tony? Can we? Can we? <laughs> uh, I mean, look, are we able to? Probably. Will yeah. we? Almost <laughs> absolutely not. Um, it's... So, it's, I, I think Leicester's a horrible one because of them winning it. They've become the... They should be the example, but people are trying to use them as the rule. Like, that's the way you do it. Mm. They had an absolute freak season. And they also had sort of every other team in the league, apart from probably us and Tottenham, who were chasing them, Mm. wanted them to win it. So they were going against teams who, like, they beat Everton 4-0 at home to win the league. Everton were a good team that season. No one beat them 4-0. But they went into the game thinking, oh, I hope Leicester win this. Mm -hmm. Like... So yeah. even if you take away, like, and you had managers after the game saying, oh, good on them, I hope they go on to win the league. When has anyone ever said that about any team? Yeah, the team, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I hate that Leicester is used as an example because it's never going to happen again. It's a very it hard absolute, Yeah. Yeah, like, and well, well done to them, but it's an absolute freak. So when you say, oh, can we do a Leicester? No, because teams actually want to win against us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, like, everyone is... wants to... Arsenal were a scalp. You can say, like... You'll say, like, go to teams from we played last season, and West Brom will go. Like, when you say to West Brom, what did you do last year? They go, oh, we beat Arsenal mm. at home. And then, but that's, Leicester's not a scalp. If you say, oh, we beat Leicester, everyone's like, so. Yeah, who cares? Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, uh, I, see, I see your point, but, uh, and I see everybody else's point, because it was a bit of a shock that Leicester won it. But, but let's, you know, when you put it like that, it's, um, you, you're dead right. Other teams wanted them to win it. So, <laughs> um, okay, Tony, I'll go to you again because this might be—you'd uh, probably a little bit more knowledge on this one. 
what's your opinion on how the media and ex-legends like Ian Wright are reacting to, to Wenger in the first month? Is it fair to be so harsh? I've slightly covered this before, not so much on Wenger, but on a broad scale. The, the problem with all media is whether they're journalists who are paid to sell papers or, or web journalists who are paid to get clicks or on Match of the Day who need to get views to keep their funding up. They're all out to, to say something semi-controversial to get headlines, clicks or, or viewers of some kind or an audience. And Arsenal, as we know from Twitter, have a pretty unstable fan base. So anything you say gets headlines and it gets viewers in. Whether they agree or disagree, it gets the viewers in. Mm. So a lot of them say stuff which, I, to be honest, I don't think some of them believe what they say. Um, of course, at times they're right and they, 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 it's controversial what they're saying, but they are right. And then other times, like as um, Savi said about Peter Schmeichel, obviously it wasn't on UK TV, but he, he said Peter Schmeichel was talking about Ozil in a game that he wasn't even involved in mm. because... You speak about Ozil, it makes a headline. If you speak about Mohamed El Neni, no one cares. Literally, yeah. no one yeah. cares. Mm -hmm. Even Mohamed El Neni wouldn't care. Mm. So, it's like, and that's why, like, if all eleven players are bad, it will be Ozil that's singled out because it creates a headline. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it gets yeah. an audience in. So, I think, uh, I think you have to take. Even though Ian Wright is clearly a club legend, but I think you have to take what he says sometimes with a pinch of salt because. He's doing it for the views either on his TV shows, his radio shows, or or whatever it is. Um, I believe he, he does have the club at heart, but sometimes your club's more, uh, your job's more important because, obviously, I don't know his financial situation. I know he's obviously not as well off as current footballers are. Hmm. Um, and at the moment, his job is he the way he feeds his family is is through the work he does in the media. So if he went on and was just super positive every week and no one watched or listened, then he's going to lose his job. Well, you, you know, I may get a bit of criticism here, but you've only got to look at Arsenal TV and um, with Robbie. He, he builds the whole, he's built his whole business around negative fans at the end of the game on YouTube. Yeah, yeah well, that's a, that. so no one else has, like, so United have tried to have a TV, like everyone pretty much can name DT, uh, what's the other ham roll idiot name? Troops and Ty. Troops, uh, yeah. Everyone can name them. Like fans of other clubs can name them. Mm. Whereas Man United tried to try to make a channel, and it might even still be going. But there was only one guy that made any headlines, and that was because he kept saying he wants Moisey out. Mm. Um, like his name's Andy Tate. And apart from that, I think most clubs have a fan TV, but no one can name any of them. No, nah, because nah. as not Arsenal, so it is. It is just the media doing doing what they do. If if Mourinho falls away and Man United go to come eighth this season, then then the United one will, will pop up again. It's like I was talking to someone yesterday on the way out of the ground. Chelsea have one, uh, mm. very similar, and but obviously it's nowhere near as negative because they've just won the league. Yeah. And um, the woman, it's a woman that runs it. Their version of Robbie yeah. is like a is like looks like a model, and it still doesn't get views because yeah. it's just it's not as interesting. It's not exciting. I think Arsenal fan TV is mainly watched by other fans, so. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. they want to hear, they want to hear the negativity. They want the kingdom to fall down. Yeah, and it goes um, around on yeah, the Facebook yeah. and social media, and everybody takes a piss out on it. It's a great old laugh. So, uh, yeah. and he's built that whole business around around taking the piss out on Arsenal. Like he, uh, and he may call himself an Arsenal fan. He probably is an Arsenal fan. Probably has been for a long time. But when you sit there and take the piss out on your club after a game just to get views, clicks, and cash in your pocket. 
you have no, and, and he wouldn't give a shit about my my respect anyway. But I, I have no respect for the for the Arsenal TV fan thing, and, and the guys running. I think they're all a pack of pack of idiots. Anyway. Yeah, even after yesterday's game, when we had a good performance, there was a video uh, from Arsenal fan TV where they were just uh, saying, "Oh, it's just a one-off game, and we uh, could have lost that game had Pedro scored." It's all negativity over there. Mm, mm, mm. To get views and clicks, so that's what it's all about, and it's media, <laughs> and they'll talk about it just to get the views, clicks, and cash. So anyway, thank you for your question. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll uh, try and calm down a bit. Anyway, uh, preview the Doncaster game, boys. I just on that, I, I think the Doncaster. So I don't think Sanchez will start because we'll need him for West Brom with Welbeck out, Tony. Uh, I would be very surprised if he's in the squad at all. Um, yeah, just for the reasons you've said, he does need minutes, but probably Doncaster's not the place to get them. He'll want to play because mm. he's Sanchez. <laughs> uh, he's Sanchez, and he always wants to play, mm. but. Um, I I'd be very surprised. I know Carl uh, shortly before we started reading this, I think it was Carl uh, done a piece on a preview of the game and who he thought would start, and he included a lot more first team players or even first team squad players than I would have, and but what than what I think will be involved. Yep. Like um, he included Monreal, which, as far as I'm concerned, isn't going to happen in a million years. Could be wrong. We'll find out Wednesday, but I, I can't see Monreal being anywhere near the team. Um, he didn't include Walcott, which I would think if anyone needs minutes, it's Walcott. Um, he didn't include Jack. And uh, I can tell you, unless Jack gets injured before Wednesday, Jack is starting. Um, so, I, I mean, I disagree a bit with what Carl's done, but obviously it's all at the moment. It's opinions and, and not fact until the team's uh, released on uh, Wednesday. Uh, who, who takes, um, who plays where Welbeck Sanchez, who plays in that position? Who gets a call up? Uh, so I think I'm pretty sure Reese Nelson will probably start. As I said, I think Theo needs a place in there somewhere. Um, Giroud. He could chuck Giroud in. He could chuck Giroud in. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised either way with Giroud, whether he starts or whether he doesn't, because I mm. think it'll be Reese and Walcott behind someone. Uh, he could have faith in Akpom. I personally wouldn't. I think the guy's useless, but um, oh, if not, then yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it could be him. He, he was on the bench last week, yep. so it could be him. It could be Giroud. Um, there's, or he could go Theo up top and, and then start Jack in a, a ten, a slightly more advanced role with with Reece Nelson the other side of him. Or he could, he could. I don't think he will because of how it will be played yesterday. But he could even bring Iwobi in mm. because he's not had too many minutes apart from yeah. apart from yesterday. I think there is his first minutes of the season, so um, not including the Community Shield. So. Uh, there's a few options there that are not first-team players, but they're more than strong enough to, to go and win that game, and they're, they're recognised names without them being them being kids, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What about you, Savvy? Yeah, I think Wenger always says that uh, League Cup uh, is for young players, and he promotes youngsters over there. So I agree with Tony over here, because uh, I think we'll start uh, a very young team. Mm-hmm. I think Mertesacker will play, will play. Monreal, I think he won't play because uh, he's right now very important for the first team. And we need him for uh, more important games. And I think uh, Matt, uh, Niles will start. I think uh, we could see Debuchi finally. <laughs> Fenger puts him in. And uh, I think Wilshire should start. El Nini should start. 
uh, Theo needs minutes, as Tony said. Uh, Niles will start. Uh, I I don't know if he starts Akpom or not, but I think he could start Akpom because he's a part of the first team. Yep. Otherwise, yeah, I think uh, the only uh, issue will be the left back position for me. I think I don't know who will start over there. Yeah, left back. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, and Chambers is still injured, Tony. No, he he's back. I think. Oh, Chambers is back. Is he? Okay. Yeah, so he, he started played. training. Yeah. He trained. I think was it. He started training. I think two days before. Not Liverpool. Who was the other after that? Bournemouth. No. Uh, on the Thursday, he came back into training. So uh, he was always going to be short for Colm because it had been a week, obviously, yeah. and he only started running on that Thursday. But obviously, there's now been another week since then. So uh, I don't know if he's officially fit, but I think he would probably play a part, whether it be from the bench or starting. Obviously, if he is fit to start, they'll start him to try and get some minutes in his legs. Okay. I think he uh, started the game for under-23. Uh, I'm not sure. I think he played first 45 minutes for under-23. Okay, okay. Uh, in the midweek, yeah. Yep. You want to give a prediction, Tony? 10-0. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> Savvy? Yeah, I think 4 or 5 nil, definitely. Four or five now. Jeez, right. I'm going to have a look at the odds on that. Um, okay, guys. What Just, else? I, I yeah. don't. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be that wide because of the team will play. We're not used to playing uh, together. And Doncaster, obviously. I mean, I know they're not the best. They're not doing the greatest in League One, but they have got some tricky players. Mm. Um, so I don't think it'll be as wide as a four or five. And I don't. The reason I'm saying this, rather than just letting you have your prediction, is because. I don't want it to get us that mentality where if we win 2-0 or 3-0, people go, oh, it's Doncaster. We should have been scoring 8, 9 or 10. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, when a team's not gelled together because then that 11 will never have played together, um, I don't think the expectation can be as high as it was. If if we were if Wenger came out now and said we're playing our strongest team, then yeah, you'd expect the 5-0. But I think with a makeshift team, I don't think it will be. Now, this was the old EFL Cup, which is now called something else. Carabao. How serious are we taking this? Not seriously at all. No, no, okay. It's, it's literally used to get minutes in the legs of players, so it gives the young players first-team opportunities, um, like if they're good enough, obviously, and then mm. the players that are coming back from injury or not been involved enough, uh, mm. so such as that's why Jack will start. Um, as I said, Reese Nelson will come in for his first proper start. Um it, it, that's that's what we'll use. We've always used it since Wenger's been there. He's never really shown the competition any respect. Even the year we got to the final, mm. he never played a first team at any point. Um, it was always the same. Like there would have been certain first team players that played, but again, it was just to just to uh, if they were coming back from injury or hadn't hadn't had any minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's going to take it the same as he always does, especially now with the increased competition we've got because of the Europa League. I was just having a quick look at your uh, article, Carl, and uh, yeah, Debucci, you got Murdersacker in, uh, Rob Holding, Espina, uh, Nenny, Niles, Awobi, Nelson, Giroud, and you got Monreal there, so yeah, okay, righto, well who knows, and you can find that at uh, clockend.blog. Um, any games that you've watched over the weekend, boys? Other games? Yeah. yeah. Savvy? Uh, yeah. I watched the Manchester United game uh, after our game. Oh, uh, yep. And I watched the Spurs game and uh, some highlights of the Manchester City game. They thrashed 
Redford. Yeah, the City are a team that are they're they're the ones to beat, aren't they? Um, they they look solid. They they look great in attack, and they're smashing teams four or five nils. So I, I did yeah. catch a bit of that game, the Watford game as well. Um, Newcastle United is surprising me actually. I, I think they lost the first two, and now they've won their last three. So that yeah. was a team that have, that have shocked. You know, just surprised me a little bit, considering they they didn't really add too much, too many, did they? Um, there was a couple of players they added on loan, I think, but they didn't they didn't go all out in the transfer market. Yeah, um, what no, do you I'm, think? Not, you I'm not that surprised by them. I mean, Rafa Benitez is always going to get a team that's organised defensively, hmm. and then I mean, they've got enough quality to score some goals, and they're very good at set piece. Anything that you can organise yourself, Benitez is. Is quite good at so defensively you can organise your shape set pieces. He's always t- his teams are always strong because you can practice them until you're blue in the face. Mm. So I, I can't say I'm that surprised by. I mean, you can even take out the, the team Newcastle. I can't say I'm that surprised by a Benitez team playing the way they are mm-hmm. because it's what he does. It's what he's always done. Yeah. Um, he's usually a good cup manager, which Newcastle are usually a, an awful cup side. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. But um, in terms of how they're playing, they're very tight at the back. Like they beat Swansea one nil from a set piece. They won two one yesterday. Uh, the winner was from a set piece. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 a standard Benitez blueprint. So I can't say I'm majorly surprised by that, to be honest. Will they push for top six? No. 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 Okay. Um, Liverpool Burnley. I have to mention the epic draw that happened over there. Yeah. Um, uh, Chamberlain didn't start again, come on in the 79th minute and didn't really have much of an impact. And thank you, Liverpool, for the £40 million. Pounds. Did you- well, I mean, the thing, the thing that's, that's even funnier about that, um, one, I'll say it, I've said it before, I'll say it again, like Chamberlain seems to become a scapegoat amongst Arsenal fans to convince himself he was terrible. He wasn't, he's not a terrible footballer. But um, to get £40 million pound for him was absolutely unbelievable. But what will dent his pride, I would suggest, is that uh, Jordan Henderson didn't start the game, so and still he didn't start the game. Mm. So it's like not only so they start three centre midfielders. So not only is he not fourth choice, he's now because the four, who he thought he was fourth choice, I'm assuming, but now someone else has started um, instead of him. So now that pushes him back to fifth choice, mm. and mm. he the the only reason he he would have been in the top five choices at Arsenal. The only reason he wasn't is because he was so good at right at right wing back. Mm. Um, where obviously he didn't want to play. So it seems like at the moment, if he is their fifth choice, and that's still with Lallana out injured, it seems like a very stupid move because he didn't want to play right wing back, but now he's not playing at all. Yeah, well, they went yeah, with okay. Milner, Can, Continuo. Continue, so. Yeah, Continuo. Yeah, so that's yeah. Wijnaldum, and Wijnaldum and Henderson both out, and he's still sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even next season, maybe Keita is joining for that position. So, he's he'll be a starter, definitely. Next season, say it again, Savi? Yeah. yeah. Next season, uh, Keita from, uh, I think, uh, Leipzig is joining Red Liverpool. Liverpool. Oh, yeah, yes. Him. They've already signed him, yeah. haven't they? Yeah. So, yeah, so... And this is why... Yeah, and Chamberlain, this is why he wanted to go to Liverpool, because he was, I suppose, sold the glock promised that he was going to start, but hasn't really, so I, I don't know, anyway. Um, <laughs> what else, guys? Uh, Everton, oh, that was, I want to touch on that. Um, it came and he's lost 
four games in a row. Now is he next to be sacked? Uh, I mean, we've got them. We've got them in three or four games away, and you can uh, we're away, and you can almost always guarantee an Everton team turns up against us. So he'll probably be on the verge of sacking and beat us five 0 or something stupid. Yeah, but um, uh, I don't know. I think they've given him a lot of money to spend, a hell of a lot of money, and it would. It's very unusual that a club makes a lot of funds available to a manager without a long term plan. Or yeah. I say long term in football. Long term is now six to eight months, but. Um, like with with the Boar going at Palace, had the Boar not gone, no one would be questioning Kuman. I don't think mm. with the Boar going, even though he was only new, they didn't actually they didn't massively back him in the transfer market. I know he got Sacco on deadline day, but that wasn't a De Boer signing. That was a either a chairman or a sporting director signing because he'd done so well for them last year. Yep. There's no way that the Boar walked in and said, "I need Mohamedou Sacco in my team." Not that he's not a good player, but it was. Sorry about that. Looks like Tony Skype's dropped out. Uh, so I'll go to Savvy. Mate, what's your thoughts on the ball getting the sack, mate? Yeah, I well, think it was uh, it was uncalled for because the last two games, they were really good. And I think the only problem was uh, Ben Teke was missing sitters. So how can you blame the manager for that? I think it was more on the players than the manager. Yeah, his style of play was little like Louis van Gaal. But definitely, I think he did, didn't deserve to go after just four games. Yeah, just four yeah. games into the season. Yeah, yeah. Are you with us again, Tony? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right, mate. We're just talking about the ball. What was your? You think it was? What was your thoughts on on them? You know, sacked after five games. Uh, so there was. There's apparently the because they got sacked after the Burnley game, but apparently the uh, the result wasn't important. There'd been a lot of tensions uh, between him and the chairman. Anyway, I'm not too sure what about. Um, maybe the style that they wanted to play. Um, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure. But um, it, I don't think it was so much down to results. Uh, mm. Five games is no no time to give a manager, especially one that's new to the league. Mm. Um, and I, I think they must have thought when they signed it, uh, when they obviously appointed him, that it was going to take a while for him to get used to, to the Premier League. Um, so I don't think it was actually a results. I mean, the results didn't help, but I don't think it was a results-based decision. Inter Milan, they they did the similar thing when he was over there. I think it was about, I think it was about five games as well. And they so it, something must yeah, be they going got, on. Um, well, no, they got they got new new Chinese owners um, who were pumping in money or were going to pump in money when the transfer window, and they uh, wanted they didn't want him to be spending that money, but they had a change of ownership while he was there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Yep. Um, Okay, that's about it. I think, guys, you just want to add any any else we didn't touch on? No, we're all good. We will um, come back on next Sunday before the West Brom game. Uh, my name's Terry. You've had Tony and Savvy with us. You can follow us at Twitter at clock and underscore talk. You can uh, download us on iTunes and all podcasts and good podcasting apps. Once again, thank you for listening, guys, and thank you for supporting, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Savvy. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tony. All right, thanks.